go. Welcome to Crackin' One Open with Mike. And Elise. It's a show about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Ah, I don't know where I was going with that. Neither do I. I was just trying something new. Uh, do you not like it? It was it was less enthusiastic than normal. I'm sorry. Here we go. Hold on. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode Woo! of Crackin' One Open with Mike. And Elise. There we go. I'm Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that was better. We're fun. My voice was kind of fun. It was a funny voice. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, what are we talking about this week? <laughs> no, not that fun voice either. Well, Bullwinkle, <laughs> uh, we are talking about Facehugger from New England Brewing Company, located in Woodbridge, Connecticut. And uh, I think we talked about this. I I don't know what took us so long to cover a beer uh, from them because basically. If you live in Connecticut and you drink beer, chances are you've had Sea Hag or at least seen it on tap at pretty much any bar or restaurant that you go to. Oh, yeah. And you probably have also not heard anybody shut up about how good Fuzzy Baby Ducks is. Yep. If you're around people that like beer. Yep. Which, I mean, Fuzzy Baby Ducks is so good. How have you not had Fuzzy Baby Ducks yet? (laughs) (laughs) Well, before you... So rudely interrupted me. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that Sea Hag is uh, pretty much the the state's like go to IPA. It seems like so much so to the point that we they actually had to pull distribution out of other states because of of the high demand just within Connecticut. I mean, if you got to scale back, I, I guess there are worse reasons to have to scale back, right? Um, but yeah, like you said, they've got a cult following for a couple of their special releases like Fuzzy Baby Ducks, uh, G-Bot and Baby Bot. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually if you're at a bar and you see one of those on draft, there's a like a 90 percent chance that it's already gone, Yep, <laughs> which is a good thing. Um, one of my other personal favorites from them is the one that we had last year, Yard Party. Mm hmm. Um, but we wanted to cover one of their newer releases. So here we are with Facehugger. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so Facehugger comes in at 6.8% ABV with an IBU rating of 55. And if you listen to last week's episode featuring Themisto, I gave kind of a an impromptu lesson on IBUs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not mm-hmm. familiar with how that rating system works. Also, if you heard last week's episode, I made a comment about how unusual it is for a brewery to list the gravity of modern of the beer like modern times did. Of course, New England Brewing Company had to go and prove me wrong <laughs> uh, because they also list it for their beers and for Facehugger. That would be 15.5. And no, I still do not understand gravity well enough to give an explanation. <laughs> Notice I went, hmm. I don't know what I mean. Yeah. Is it pleasing? Is it not? I don't know. Um, I'm going to find out. That's what the show's all about. Listen, you're you're better at math than I am. So you you go ahead and. Oh, and- yeah. That's that's not saying a lot. <laughs> Listen, you can multiply and divide. Basically. So uh, New England Brewing Company or Nebco, if you're a cool kid, describes uh, Facehugger like this. In-your-face levels of hops producing dank citrus, orange, and candied apricot notes with a light, clean bitterness. Yum. 
And on their social media post, when they announced it as one of their newer uh, releases, they actually said the name was inspired by one of the way their sales reps described it. Quote, it's so hoppy, fruity and floral. It's just taking over my face like it's giving me a hug. So what's interesting is that in the same post, they also revealed that Facehugger is uh, the result of the latest tweak of one of their other beers, Spin Cycle number 19. And the main difference between the two is that Facehugger was produced with a lot more hops. A lot of hops. Speaking of hops, Mm. you like that natural segue? I do. Break it down for me. (laughs) Facehugger is made with Simcoe, Amarillo, and Citra. So Simcoe hops are popular, especially in IPAs, but also in India black ales and India red ales because of their complexity, along with their smooth bitterness. Um, They are both fruity and earthy, and Simcoe can carry notes of berry, apricot, passion fruit, and citrus, but it also has pronounced aromas of pine and woodsy earth. Hmm. And Simcoe is often used in conjunction with Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, and Citra, which brings us to Citra Hops. It's like beating a dead horse now. They're in everything. Uh, So they have a very strong citrusy profile, specifically grapefruit, lime, and tropical fruits. So Citra is also used for bittering. Um, It's used in mostly IPAs, uh, American ales, and amber ales. Citra hops are like the game genie of the hop world. It's just like, put them in. We'll get a good beer out of it. Yeah. It it plays well with others. I mean, I'm not complaining. I like it. It's just, yeah. it's in everything. Yeah. It makes it less exciting to talk about. <laughs> but uh, last but not least, we've got Amarillo hops, which we also mentioned last week, um, that impart a really bright orange citrus flavor. Uh, so, last week when we talked about Amarillo hops, I mentioned that they were discovered by accident in 1990, um, growing alongside the Liberty hops at Virgil Gamache farms in Washington state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. They're a smaller hop vine and have a slightly more yellow color, thus the name Amarillo. And you asked what the main difference is between that and the Liberty hops that they were found with. Mm, I did. I did. You did. did. So Liberty Hops are essentially an American version of the Haller Tower Middlefra, one of the noble noble hops that we usually see in Pilsner's, Lagers, Wheat, and Hefeweizen Mm -hmm. style beer. Yep. But Liberty has a a clean, mild uh, spiciness with a subtle floral note. There's none of that typical like citrus or fruity American character that we associate with American grown hops. That's the main difference. Thank you for finding out. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Peach. <laughs> so that's what I got. Why don't we um, give this a try? Crack it open. I was going to say, you almost didn't say crack it open. And I was going to make a joke and say, if you if you say crack it open, I swear. But like hoping you would say crack it open because that's the name of our thing. You said something else. <sighs> and now I'm mad. I'm mad Sorry. because you didn't say the you title of my thing joke. and because you ruined my joke. <laughs> I'm I'm mad twofold. I don't know if I want to grab these beers now. I've you got to grab lie. these beers. That's what the podcast is about. You lie like a rug. <laughs> and now's the time when we crack it open. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I felt that. <laughs> Are you ready to get your face hugged? 
face huggered. Very orangey in color. Pretty decent head. Not huge, but not like non-existent. Like, um, what was the beer the other the other week that we did where it had like no head and we were like, oh. <laughs> I don't recall. No. I mean, I, I know that it happened. Yeah, I just don't, remember, I just don't remember which one it was. Spears got bubbles. They're not a lot. Not a crazy amount. Not a crazy amount of carbonation. It's kind of hazy, but. Oh, no, it's kind of hazy. Damn, I can smell that tropical fruit. Yeah, right off the bat, what you get is this fruit, this tropical fruity. It must be the like the, you peel the, the fruit. Apricot. Like it's just like whoosh, mm-hmm. right out there. I'm going for it. Go for it. Very apricotty. Yeah, it really, it really punches you in the face with that apricot. It's like it does. Boom! You want apricot? Boom! Try it again. <laughs> <laughs> and you get the. The piney, woodsy notes, like, on the back end of it? Yeah. I'd say that you do, a little bit. I dig it. I I feel like it could have a little bit more carbonation, but maybe that might be too much as well. I feel like it could be hazier. Ooh. I feel like a little bit of haze would give it that, like, pillowiness. Because right now it seems like a sharp beer. It's very sharp with its flavor Mm -hmm. and and its feel in my mouth. In terms of the 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 hugging your face flavor, I mean, I guess I get that in the apricot. Yeah, because the apricot really does affect your whole mouth when you drink it. It's, it does. It's, not, like, it's I a can, flavor that every part feels. I can almost feel it in the back of my jaw, almost like uh like a sour patch kid would affect it. But I know you're far less affected by sour than yeah, I am. I'm not getting that at all. <laughs> but I'm I'm the kid who can. Chew a warhead and then want like eight more in my yeah. mouth at once because yeah. it's not enough. You're crazy with your sour. I feel like I just get a little bit of a tinge there. I get a little bit of this tartness all the way in your back of my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's about where it ends. Mm-hmm. I will say. And it doesn't have a lingering taste. It does not have a lingering. I was going to say the heavy apricot doesn't like have that weird like fruity aftertaste that a lot yeah. of things have. It's it the That's apricot nice. goes away. That pine, I think, maybe kind of washes it away that yeah. you're talking about. This is true. Now, at least it's something special today. She actually gave us some frosty glasses. I did. To put them in. And I know <laughs> technically you're not supposed to use frosted glasses because of something with the beer. And it's but who doesn't love beer in a frosted chilled glass? Honestly. I, I mean I honestly don't especially know. Especially on a summer day like mm-hmm. this. I will say the super coldness of the beer in the mug and the the fact that this beer is coming in literally almost ice cold mm-hmm. is so refreshing. It is. And I feel like if you made it a hazy beer, mm-hmm. it would take away some of that. A little bit. And but so a little bit, a little bit of the like, pillowiness would also. Would also help, but maybe also make it heavier. I don't know. Maybe I would like to see like they could do something themed on this because I know New England does that quite a bit. Yeah. With obviously this is a version of another beer. The spin cycle, which spin cycle. spin cycle, like I said, number 19. So they've had multiple, multiple versions. Fuzzy baby ducks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was fuzzy baby ducks. They do fuzzy baby unicorns mm-hmm. or something. And then they do G bot and they do baby bot. So mm-hmm. they do a lot of beers that are variation on a theme. Yeah. And so- then they also have the uh, Imperial Stout Trooper or Imperial Trooper Stout. Stout Trooper. You were right. 
um, they've had multiple versions of that as well. This is true. Fun story about that. Yeah. For those that don't know New England Brewing Company. So their Imperial Stout Troopers, their beer can, the cover was a Stormtrooper. Yep. And they got in trouble by the Mouse House. And <laughs> Shocker. So they had to change it. So what they did to change it, which is really <laughs> sly and clever, is they put one of those fake mustache nose glasses things on. Yeah. Them. So it's a stormtrooper wearing those big nose glasses with the mustache on his face, <laughs> uh, which I think is really clever. Yeah. And it's also a really good beer. Again, we have had a ton of New England beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been to the brewery a couple of times. You know, we like. I wasn't there brewery. The first one we went to that was dog friendly. And we were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Or at least the only the first one we went to that actually had a bunch of dogs there. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. And then they have so many board games. Um, they have tons of board games. It's they, a nice. It's a smaller have, tap room, but it's yeah. nice. Yeah. And they have they have a car out front, a Sea Hag car. Yeah. Which is like a 1970s roadster kind of car. Badass. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great little brewery that puts out a ton of beer and there are so many memorable beers that they put out that people mm-hmm. around at least Southern Connecticut and probably just Connecticut in general know the name of, you can't go anywhere in Connecticut without sitting down and seeing a sea hag. And if you don't sell sea hag, you can't get fuzzy baby ducks and fuzzy baby unicorns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when they come out with a new variation on a theme or they come out with one of their popular variations like baby bot or, mm-hmm. Fuzzy baby unicorns. It's like a big deal. And oh, people rush to go get them. Yeah. Like Elise says, gone. when you sit down at a restaurant and you see it on the menu, you have to make sure from your waiter that it's there. Have a second choice ready because <laughs> it probably won't be available. Yep. But I, I, can, I, I wonder if it's because they sold. do smaller kegs, maybe that it goes faster. I think or they just probably the... dedicate so much to sea hag. Yeah. That it's it's pretty much like, oh, it's gone. Yeah. It's probably all sea hag, G bot, fuzzy baby ducks. And yeah. then. Everything else gets like one bat, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it's a specialty thing. Well, they also they do super not um, and stuff like that. No, they do other beers. I'm just yeah. saying it's they're smaller batches because they have to do so many other so much sea hag sea hag because <laughs> sea hag's where it's at. Oh, it's so good. We will do an episode on sea hag at some point. Yeah, and probably G bot <laughs> and probably fuzzy baby ducks. <laughs> Wasn't fun fact the our second episode of this podcast was or maybe third. Third, um, featured counterweight. Their beer headway was actually inspired by Sea Hag from Nebco. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe I could be wrong. I have nothing to refute that because I don't work for counterweight or New England. I'm just going by what the liquor store guy told me I mean, that <laughs> at the could time. Be, but I mean, they're very different beers. I mean, maybe somewhere down the line, he was just like, I can't make, I can't remake a sea hag, but I can remake, I can make this thing. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, no, maybe I've, <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's interesting. That's the first you're telling me of that. Mm. So yeah, I don't know, but I do know this, this beer is super refreshing when super ice cold. It's true. All right. Can art time. Can art. Oh, I like this, those one, can. this one's good. So obviously it's called face hugger. So what you get in the can <laughs> is you get a banner of New England Brewing Company, kind of all wavy at the top, going all the way around the can. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, these are uh, 12 ounce boys. Normal boys. Yep. Yep. The can has the face hugger font is kind of in the style of the alien font, but not quite. But with that same white typeface with the green outline and that glow coming from behind it. <laughs> India Pale Ale. Then the Nebco sign down below, which is Nebco written out to also form the state of Connecticut. 
6.8 alcohol by volume, 12, uh, 12 fluid ounce. And then you get the picture of an astronaut in a darkened corridor <laughs> with a helmet on, but the helmet visor seems to be open. He's got a terrified expression on what you can see of his face, and you can only see part of his face because what's crawling on him is a tentacled, crabby hop. A hop is crawling onto <laughs> his face, giving it a quote-unquote hug, Aww. but we all know what it's really doing. Bye. So that man is going to give birth to this can that I'm holding in my hand right now. Oh, He's going to be sitting don't... down at dinner one day, and all of a sudden, and a baby can, and this can comes right out. out. Ah, I feel that's how this beer is made. Not so good about drinking this now. <laughs> a man died for this. An astronaut died for this beer. You should love this beer. <laughs> but I think it it's a really cool looking can. It's really cartoony. It's really yeah. interesting. The, a lot of their cans have these really cool cartoony kind of illustrations. Yeah, they've got a great artist. On the side of the can, it says, "You have been selected as the host for this <laughs> assaultingly delicious American style IPA." Hear the calling. The citrus and candied apricot flavors launched by the blend of Simcoe and Amarillo hops are all up in your face. Bring some inside and taste your fate. In space, no one can hear you drink. <laughs> That's good. I like that a lot. So, I like it. It's a cool can. It's got good sayings. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the the, the alien theme. Clever. I'm a big fan of aliens. So, part of why we chose it. I enjoy that. Oh yeah. It's a refreshing beer if you like apricot or mm-hmm. apricot, depending on how you pronounce it. I think it's just apricot. I don't think you're supposed to say apricot. No, nah, but it's fun. But I know people that say apricot like that's how you say it. Oh, I say it for funsies. Oh, well, <laughs> I say it for funsies as well. Yeah. It's apricot. Yeah. But if you like apricot or beers that have that apricot flavor, who man, you can't go any further than this in terms of apricot flavor. Yeah. Other than maybe getting like a an apricot sour or so, like something Arcosa, that's yeah. like really like fruit forward beer. But in terms of like an IPA, I think this is as apricotty as they come. On sale now at your local liquor store if you're in Connecticut. Yep. If you're not in Connecticut, if you're on the line, come on down to your local liquor store. I'm sure they got it because they always sell a lot of New England Brewing Company stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure we were told by someone who's pretty sure that Nebco will expand at some point soon. Or they Fingers are looking crossed. to expand, mm-hmm. which would be really cool because that would mean more people out of state once again can all get this really, really good beer. They are called New England Brewing Company, so it would stand And their motto that. is, drink it, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. So yeah. Yeah. That's what we got for this beer. What you got for some news? Oh, I got some news. I've got some groovy news for everybody <laughs> around here. The man with the chainsaw arm is not coming back. Ash from Evil Dead is not coming back. Bruce Campbell, who plays Ash from Evil Dead, is not going to be in the new Evil Dead movie. But the good news is there is going to be a new Evil Dead movie. Okay. Evil Dead 4, a.k.a. Evil Dead Now, is going to be produced by both Bruce Campbell, the original Ash Williams, and Sam Raimi, the director of the first three films in the franchise and creator of Ash vs. the Evil Dead TV show, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. They'll both be producing it. Okay. And coming up with the new story and helping him out and handing it off to a new director. So the new director for this installment is going to be Lee Cronin. He's also going to be writing it as well. He did a movie called The Hole in the Ground. So he knows how to do some some horror stuff and all, and all that, which is cool. Mm-hmm. 
they want to do a female. They're looking to do a female protagonist, which is what the last one did. Is what the last one did. So I mean, <laughs> cool. Uh, I'm fine with it. I have no problems with it. As long as it's the best actor for the part. It's just I don't know why you want to tout. I mean, I guess tout it because it looks good for metrics, but also you already did it. So yeah, it's not wholly original. You, you had the female protagonist in the last one. Yeah, we, which we, was we what it. like ten years ago now. Oh my god, you're right. It was like almost ten years ago. Yeah. It was really good though. That was I'm good. a little disappointed we didn't get a sequel to that because why not continue yeah. it? Yeah. Uh the fantastic movie that I believe Forgotten Cinema will actually be covering in their Halloween Ooh. uh Forgotten Horror segment this year. Interesting. So that'll be something we talk about. Also a plug. <laughs> Synergy. <laughs> so Sam Ramey uh, handpicked the director and writer because he liked the movie that he did The Hole in the Ground so much. Uh, they really want to get going as soon as it's possible with all the COVID-19 stuff and all mm-hmm. that. So they want to get going with it. It's going to be a more dynamic entry in the franchise, they say, which I don't like the sound of. That makes it sound more like less jokey and yeah. more drama-y. I mean, that's what the other Evil Dead remake was too, but I think Evil Dead needs some of that hokiness, that comedy. The campiness. The campiness. Uh, yeah. I think Part of what makes it stand out is that the Deadites aren't just mindless evil beings. They're creepy and scary and, and really fuck with your and, heads, but yeah. they're really clever, kind of funny. Mm-hmm. They're like all the bad parts of you that come out. Yeah. And I, I think taking away that takes away part of what people really love about what evil dead. Deadites. Yeah. What Deadites were originally. So, yeah. Bruce Campbell did say something interesting as well. He said, from this point forward, all the movies have to kind of stand on their own. Uh, They want to keep the series current and the mantra realizes really is that our heroes and heroines are just regular people. And that's where we're going to continue with that, which is true. But I think that's the same with pretty much every horror franchise ever. Yeah. So that's nothing original. The thing that I think made Evil Dead original was Ash. The fact that in the first one, you thought it was going to be a girl that survived and he was the final girl. He Mm -hmm. was that coward dude at the beginning. Yeah. He was usually the first one to get got. And instead, (laughs) he's the last one to survive. And then they took that and made him into this douchebag. Partly is what he was, like a college bro. Yeah. And then also partly like that's formed by having survived all this and mm-hmm. and just seeing all these the horrors jaded, just kind of yeah. jades him and makes him this one note kind of action hero character because that's how he copes kind of. Yeah. In a way. I think I'm overanalyzing Ash from Evil Dead because... He's just a really fun, smarmy, yeah, no, no nonsense, tough guy. He's everything awesome. that you're saying is what I've thought about that right. character. So, so Ash is amazing, and I think not having an Ash character is a disservice to the Evil Dead. The ser- yeah, because he's so connected to it, and he's such a different kind of horror hero. You know, we get mm-hmm. the Jamie Lee Curtises from Halloween who kicks Michael's ass in this last film. Mm-hmm. You get your Ellen Ripley's. You've got I guess your Van Helsing's. I'm trying to think of other male horror heroes. I can't really think of too many. Van Helsing and Dracula is pretty much the only one that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Most of them end up being the are the killers and stuff, and the the women are defending themselves. But a lot of even the female heroes are 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 very serious mm-hmm. in a horror film, which works because it ramps up the horror. You take away the silliness, but I think you kind of need that levity, levity in an Evil Dead movie that separates yeah. it from everything else, while still having these grossed out, scary moments that can sometimes be gross and scary and hilarious at mm-hmm. the same time. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. gun. You know, having Ash's sister in the basement (laughs) on the attic, like (laughs) slamming the attic door open and open and like making fun of him. Oh, man. When we saw that live uh, off Broadway, that was the way they did that was just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that was just a comedy, though. 
Yeah. I'm talking in the movie where it's kind of creepy and kind oh, of funny because she's yeah, that's, pissing him that's off. True. But she's also, re- it's a really creepy scene. Yeah. And she's singing really creepy. We're gonna get you. We're gonna. And then she starts laughing and her eyes are glazed white. Oof. Like it's this really interesting take. So hopefully they, they stick with that. I loved the Evil Dead remake, but I think that was kind of lost from it. Yeah. Was it the demons were not fun? <laughs> the Daddites were not fun. Yeah, it, but, it was, like you said, a little bit more serious. I'm still really excited. I love the Evil Dead franchise. I think the Evil Dead remake was exactly what they set out to do. And I think it's, for what it is, is almost perfect. And I mm-hmm. really enjoy it. So The TV series is what you're talking about. I'm talking about the movie. The TV series is perfect and amazing. That's got Ash in it, though. Mm-hmm. So I can't count that with the TV series. <laughs> Although, oh, man, I love that TV series. <laughs> so... Usually we try to not talk to each other about what we're going to be featuring so that we get like a natural reaction for you guys. But this Mm -hmm. time I was like, hey, I'm covering Evil Dead. And he was like, what? (laughs) I'm covering Evil Dead. So I am jumping off your topic with a completely different story. I'm very interested because I didn't hear about this. And usually (laughs) I'm like, you're right. I know. I'm actually shocked that this wasn't what you were covering. Um, so thanks to Grindhouse releasing, Evil Dead will be returning to drive-ins starting this Friday, which also happens to be Friday the 13th. Ooh. Um, and the first venue to be showing it is Pride's Corner Drive-In in Westbrook, Maine. But more venues are being booked, quote, as we speak, according to the article that I found. Uh, now, Grindhouse releasing brought Evil Dead back to theaters for the first time in 4K last Halloween but this time around, it's going to be the original version. Like they scanned it from the 16 millimeter camera negative um, and it will be paired with the original score and soundtrack. So they are giving venues the option of showing the 4K version. It's up to the each drive in individually. But I mean, I don't see why they would not opt for the original one. That would be so awesome and creepy. I like and like I obviously don't have to ask you if we would be able to travel <laughs> at least inside of Connecticut. So there are a couple if of drivers available. Yeah. If it's available. I'm totally down for that. That it, would be really cool. I, I like the I enjoyed the 4k version. I think I finally bought the 4k version. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting it from the original negative would be neat, but then they then clean it up and make it a 4k version. I don't, maybe I just don't realize that the differences between the 4k version and what they cut out of the original, mm-hmm. but I have evil dead. I've, Bought it like four times. Now. Several versions. So yes. <laughs> I'd have to go back and try to remember of all those versions, like watch each version in a row and try to figure it out, which, as you know, I have, especially around Halloween, watched Evil Dead on repeat at night. Oh, yeah. So I am OK with doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I have an unhealthy obsession, I think, with Evil Dead, which is weird because I'm not. Generally, you're not a huge horror film. I like horror fan, films, like good but ones. But you're very judgy of them. I'm you, very you, judgy you hold of them. them. You hold them to a very high standard. Yeah. And I don't get obsessed with many of them. And for some reason, Evil Dead is like way up there on my list of obsessions with like mm-hmm. Star Wars and Star Trek and James Bond and stuff like that. It's yep. really weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, so to that point, you're also not a huge comedy fan, but there is one comedy in particular that you love, which we also. Ghostbusters? Uh, another one. No, there's really only one more. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the next. That's right. The most excellent film franchise. (laughs) Bill and Ted are back in Bill and Ted Face the Music. The trailer just released, at least when I am recording this, Mm -hmm. yesterday on Bill and Ted Day, which is June 9th. Really? That's right. 
June I didn't 9th know is that. Bill and Ted Day. Do you want to know why? Why? What's June 9th? Oh. <laughs> 69 dudes. <laughs> I didn't know that, but it clicks. So they made a big deal out of it this this year. It's unofficially for years been Bill and Ted Day, but now it is officially Bill and Ted Day. All right. They did a whole thing about it, released the tre- teaser poster, which is the classic phone booth coming down and mm-hmm. Bill and Ted looking at it. And they released a short teaser trailer, which if you haven't seen it, go see it. It looks hilarious. Yes. I know a couple of people went, oh man, oh, oof. It's like, what oof? They're a little older. The movie looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I'm sorry. I'm pretty sorry. Much People age. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't take away from their comedic abilities. And the, the whole movie's premise is that they never created the greatest song in the world, the one mm-hmm. that united everybody. They united the, everybody in the, and they acknowledged the second movie, which I was hoping they would. Yeah. That at the end of the second movie, they united the world for like five minutes, <laughs> and they still haven't made that one movie that unites the cause. God the, the music, rock and roll, which is actually a Kiss song. Really? Yeah. Which I don't know if it's originally a Kiss song, but that version is the Kiss song, and. So they still have to unite the cosmos with this song that unites everybody. So they have to go on this this time traveling adventure. And I guess their whole plan, according to this teaser that we get, which is very short, doesn't show a lot, is to steal it from their future selves. <laughs> so I guess Which gonna, seems totally in character. Yeah. Which isn't really stealing because it's stealing from them. From ourselves. ourselves. So I'm really excited about it. it sounds really fun. I guess they they're playing gigs that aren't getting them any views they yeah. like open mic nights and stuff like that. Uh, I know the kids are going to be a big part of it. The princesses are still in it. Death is back. Yes. And it's written by the it's written and directed by the same writers and directors as the first two Bill and Ted's. Mm-hmm. So this is still completely within the Bill and Ted family. It's a movie that's been worked on for years. And the only reason, according to Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters, that this movie got made is because fans kept demanding it. That every time they got shot down, they kept shopping it to a new studio because the internet outcry was like, make this movie, make this movie. Please. So finally they were able to make it. And what I love about the trailer is the very first image on the screen is that old Orion's Orion Pictures logo. Yes. Which you don't see very often anymore. And I love that. Yeah, that was a nice throwback. So I'm really excited about this movie. It's supposed to come out in mid-August. Okay. Originally. Now the poster just says summer 2020 because obviously everything getting delayed. Yeah. There are a lot of rumors out there that Tenet might get pushed a little bit because of reopenings not being so secure yet. And a lot of movie theaters, honestly, I mean, my work at one, I haven't gone back to work yet. I don't know yeah. how we're reopening. I saw an article where even though California is allowing their their theaters to reopen very soon, most of them are opting not to at this point. Right, because there's just nothing to show. There's yeah. no point in making money. A lot of some theaters have reopened with older movies and like $5 older movies and discounted food. So I guess it's really just for the people who are starving for the the theater experience. Right, and I think it depends on the theater as well, mm-hmm. not just even the theater chain. What theater is so big that they're going to do business even just putting out these old movies? Yeah. And if Tenet gets delayed, what's the point? And I know Tenet won't release unless the major, all the major cities open. And I know Los Angeles, even if California is getting better, Los Angeles is a little slower to be recovering mm-hmm. because it's a much bigger, denser city. Yeah. Like New York and Chicago. So if that gets pushed and they can't open it in LA, they're just going to push the opening of Tenet, which will push the that opening That makes sense. I mean, if they Wonder can't, Woman, if they can't the have a giant- for, Yeah traditional opening then well yeah you're gonna block all your major markets yeah there's no point especially yeah. if this is a huge international movie and then you push tenet you push wonder woman you push wonder woman you push mulan yep which pushes bill and ted which pushes quiet place too which pushes so there's a lot to work out it's dominoes <laughs> but bill and ted will probably come out this summer it is still coming out regardless it has been made we will see it and that's what's exciting and we finally got our first taste again if you're a bill and ted fan which i would hope 
you most certainly are because Wild Stallions and San Dimas High School football rule. <laughs> Check out the trailer. <laughs> San Dimas High School football rules. You best three out of five. Go sports, go. <laughs> best three out of five. <laughs> You're damn right. <laughs> they melvined me. I'm still really enjoying this face hugger. I like your segue back to the face hugger. Uh, excellent job. Excellent job. So thanks again to New England Brewing Company who gave us this face hugger beer to drink. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. And thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at open, or just shoot us an email at open at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, requests of beer that you would, may want us to review, et cetera, et cetera. And if you're a brewer coming out with a new beer that you want us to cover, we're here we're for you. We're whores. Just let us know <laughs> and we will whore that out. <laughs> we will, we will plug it. Are you making it. me break that sensor beep out in the plugs? Are you going to? Really? Are you going to beep whore? Or are you going to beep And fuck. Did I say fuck? Both, yes. <laughs> I don't know if I and said that. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but seriously, honestly, we'll plug anything. Just send us your beer and we will talk about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Hopefully with a nice write-up on what exactly is in it and stuff like that. And anything yeah. else you want to say. If you want us to come down to your brewery and talk about it, if you're within, obviously we're Connecticut, we'll come down and bring our microphones and interview you. Mm-hmm. If you're further away, we'll do like a Zoom call or something like that. It's going to record it. Let us know. We want to hear from you guys as well. It's true. So you got any other plugs you would like to include? Well, I already talked about Forgotten Cinema a little bit. It's a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field. It's a podcast about forgotten films that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the audience just didn't catch on to it in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about it, maybe what we don't love about it, fun facts about its production, and why it was forgotten. That comes out every Wednesday on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcast. I've also got two player bros to do with my buddy Dave Cannon. It's a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave where we bring you the latest video game news, reviews, and previews. And every other week we bring you a two player bros post game where we go into a deep dive on some of your favorite games with classic and new releases and talk about what we thought about them, some fun facts that we could find about their production, and all that jazz. Just have a conversation about it. That is also available on twoplayerbros.com or wherever you get your podcasts, all part of the Forgotten Entertainment Company. Nice. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Record. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers.